So we live within what I call Orwellian times, in which if you dare question the mainstream narrative, if you dare have a differing opinion on climate change, on gender ideology, on transgenderism, then you are cancelled from university as the woke mob comes down on you like you've never seen before. And this is, I believe, creeping over towards fascism, towards an authoritarian tyranny, in which if you dare question the Ministry of Truth, as was predicted by Orwell, within his marvellous writings, then one is cast aside, they're banned from society, and pretty much you have your life ruined within many cases. The following clips we're going to watch really highlights this clearly, and even at the most reputable universities around the world, including that of Oxford and Cambridge, it seems, if you have a differing opinion on gender ideology, on transgenderism, you're not allowed to voice this, you're cancelled. A woke mob comes down on you, like you've literally never seen before. It is incredibly disturbing, and this is why, as a society, we are creeping towards fascism, we are creeping towards authoritarianism. It's a group of young, mostly young, mobsters, whom don't allow any alternative opinions, and come down on you like, you, like you've really never seen before, in order to silence you. So these are clips from a man called Billboard Chris, whom pretty much has devoted his entire life for the past few years going around the world and debating people on gender ideology, specifically the transitioning and the surgery of two-year-olds, of young children in which supposedly our society thinks is acceptable. I don't. I shall never change my mind on this topic. I will never believe that a two-year-old can undergo a surgery because they're supposedly within the wrong body. There's, there's a lot of things that two-year-olds think. Two-year-old thinks it's a pigeon. Two-year-old often plays as a unicorn. Two-year-old's bloody stupid, to put it bluntly. So this idea that our society is pushed forward in which states that one is born within the wrong body is just an absurdity beyond belief. And it's even more concerning as to how mainstream this view is and how upheld this view is without any question. What people fail to recognize is that Big Pharma is making tens of billions of dollars from putting young children on lifelong medication. And I shall never support it. There's nothing that the woke mob will ever do to change my mind unless they provide me with a compelling case in which it's just not possible. There is no compelling case for putting a two-year-old upon lifelong medication when it comes to the supposed nature that they're born within the wrong body. It's not, it's just disgusting. If people just study history for one minute, they can see that the medical scene, Big Pharma generally, has been responsible, is responsible for some of the biggest mishandlings within history, end of. Things like eugenics were supported by the experts. And the same is true today. This is one of the biggest scandals with the medical history. And in 10 years time, I believe we're going to look back, in 100 years time, we're going to look back and, and, and recognize the pure unethicality of this practice. And this is really why people are scared to speak up and tell you the truth and tell one the truth as a society. The reason is why is because if you do, as we've seen throughout Cambridge, Oxford, many professors who've spoken up uh, regarding controversial topics such as the British slave trade, so on and so forth, if you do have a differing opinion in comparison to the consensus, you are cancelled. So incentives are aligned against speaking the truth. But I would argue that the consequences of not speaking the truth are far, far worse than speaking the truth in the present. I think it's probably the most important thing we can do. If it, you know, This is literally how fascist re regimes are started. People feel like they can't speak the truth because they're cancelled, because violence is imposed upon them as we saw throughout Nazism, and therefore they slowly descend and slip into a tyrannical mess. So let's check out this clip, Billboard Chris, he goes around to Oxford 
This is with an Oxford current undergrad, I believe, and they are debating on the street before the woke mob comes and cancels them. Let's see. Oh, no, I'm what does it mean for a girl to be a boy? I'm not, I'm oh my not... gosh, she's Oxford educated. Yeah, Can you believe yeah, it? Yeah. She's Oxford yeah, educated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've read uh, all of the literature as well. And even if you don't, you know, even if you don't have to agree, why can't you just let people be who they are? What does it do to you? What does it change for you that someone has used the pronouns that they want, that someone says no, even though my sex is this, this is not my gender identity? Because again, gender is a social construct. What does it change for you to just let people be? Do you know the number of suicide that happens because people are trapped in buddies that does not correspond to who they are? Do you know? Okay, you're asking me many questions okay, back sorry, to back to back. Ahead, Would ahead. you like me to answer? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, why don't we just take down our take down the level a little bit? Why don't we just calm it down and let's just have a nice back and forth conversation? That's hard to do when okay. you're denying some people's humanity. All right. So, what does it mean for a girl to be a boy? They're not. What, what does it mean to you? What, what oh, do you I'm mean asking by you. That? No, I don't understand what you mean by that. So, a girl yeah. who now says she's a trans boy. So he's a boy. So what does that mean? What makes her a boy? That to simply be the way that they feel and the way that they perform their gender is more related to um, gender norms that relate to men. What so does that, what you, does that you were talking about one and two and three year olds a minute ago. You think three year olds perform their gender? Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, that means that from the moment you're <laughs> you're born, the 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 toys that you you get to play with, the colors that your parents dress you in, the way that your like parents call you, all those kind of stuff. That's part of the socialization of gender that happens. Okay, so yeah. so toys are one of the things that determine your gender. Yeah, the toys that you're being given. Yeah, we get, for instance, we can we give Barbies to girls and we give mm -hmm. trucks to boys. That's a performance of gender. So if yeah. a boy wants to play with dolls, is this a sign that he's a trans girl? Not necessarily. So what is what does it make what it makes him a trans girl? If the girl, if the boy, if the formerly boy tells you that this is not who I am, this is not who I feel, my gender identity is not the things that you've imposed to me, that's simply what like, makes them who they are. And a three-year-old can decide that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's a gender identity? I think you're just trying to create an argument, mate. Like, you know. No, I like to get these questions answered. Yeah. I don't... Gender, what is a gender identity? What does that mean? Gender identity means a lot of things. It mm. means the way that, first of all, you feel like I was, you know, assigned female at birth. I felt assigned, I feel female through the ways that I dress, through the way that I express myself, um, through, you know, like a lot of things. Stereotypes. Like, well, I mean, yeah, you, some of it is stereotypes, but I I was written to the stereotypes. Some of them I think are very dangerous, and I'm trying to fight them. But um, at the core, I'm really not, you know, I feel like women is my gender identity. So and that was what I was assigned at birth, too. So should we be sterilizing kids because they don't conform to stereotypes? No, we're not sterilizing it. We're oh, really? listening to the kid. We're asking, the kid is telling you, this does not correspond to who I am. And at some point, not all kids who are trans or decide to, you know, to, 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 thank you, thank you. No, 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 get all best on. Oh, no, I'm not ready. We're not touching you. Just don't stand in my way. Yeah, I'm having a conversation. I'm going to stand right here. Thanks very much. you come from? I'm having a conversation. Thank you. None of them will decide to transition, but some will. And why do you have an issue with that? It's not imposed by anyone. So my question is, do you think we should sterilize kids who don't conform to stereotypes? No, we don't sterilize. Wait, wait, are you, okay, hold on. Are you saying that kids aren't being sterilized? You're being 
dishonest. Are you saying kids aren't being sterilized? You're being dishonest. Are kids not being sterilized? No, they're not being sterilized. Really? They're just having hormones, uh, like blockers or different hormones to transform to the gender identity that they feel first sense to who they are. So you, not you're not aware that puberty blockers... No. Hold on, you're asking so many questions at once. Let's do one question at a time. Because you're not being honest. You're asking sure I am. To, no. So she says that what does it matter to you? If someone uses their preferred pronouns or picks their gender identity, what does it matter to you? You have nothing to do with it. And this is really striking towards the heart of the transgenderism debate, the whole debate on gender ideology, in which I think, whilst it can seem trivial, the first glance under the surface is incredibly important beyond belief. And there are two reasons to why this matters. Firstly, I quite want to live in a society in which truth and science are upheld. I think they're pretty important when it comes to orderliness and flourishing within society, but the current debate on, tr on transgenderism totally flies in the face of science and totally bends science like you've literally never seen before. And secondly, this gets really to the irony of the whole debate regarding gender ideology. The same people whom have been proponents of women's rights over the past 50, 100 years, they're the same people who are conspicuously in favour of abolishment now of women's rights, when it comes to a man arbitrarily defining himself as a woman and therefore competing within women's sports or going into women's locker rooms. Many women do not want this. All women do not want this if they think straight. This is, I believe, the most misogynistic policy of all time. The notion that a man can arbitrarily decide that he's a woman and therefore ruin women's sports, use their locker rooms, etc. so on and so forth. This is the great irony of the transgenderism movement. And by the way, there's been many people whom have been big proponents of women's rights, and rightfully so. However, they've spoken out against the mob, against this ideology of basically bending science like you've never seen before. And they've spoken out and they were cancelled by the same people who were supposedly on their side. This is the power of the mob. This is stuff you see within the Soviet Union. It is incredibly scary that a mob can have this much power, that they can cancel you if you have a differing opinion in comparison to the consensus. So another terrible argument in which she pushes forward when asked as to what does it mean when a girl can become a boy, she basically responded by stating that this girl is now a boy. And the reason, well, she states this is because this transgender girl is what she calls performing gender roles more associated with boys or something along those lines. So let's just get this straight. This Oxford graduate, this lady that goes to one of the most kind of prestigious universities in the world, let alone in the UK, does believe that a young two-year-old child, if they perform alternative gender roles, should undergo surgery at the age of 1.5, two years old, three years old, four years old, and therefore perform life-altering surgeries, life-altering decisions in which are irreversible. This lady and many other young people too in the world now believe that if you are a young girl, and if you do not fit in with the conventional gender norms of a girl, then you are biologically a boy. This is literally insane. Like, there is, this is literally insane beyond belief. I shall never support this young children especially. I just think it's an absurdity beyond belief. And the truth of the matter is the following. Some girls are more masculine within their characteristic traits. Some boys are more feminine within their characteristic traits. Does this mean that we should go around cutting people up? Cutting people up irreversibly, putting them on lifelong medication, and which is raking in tens of billions of dollars for pharmaceutical companies. Does this mean we should cut people up in consideration of these characteristic differences and which are naturally present throughout all individuals? There are natural differences within characteristic traits. Some men are more feminine within their characteristic traits. Some women 
are more masculine within their characteristic traits. This is natural. And I don't believe we should go cutting people up just in consideration of this notion that one doesn't fit into conventional gender ideologies and characteristics, especially for young children. It's just, it's really just disgraceful. By the way, the other irony of the gender ideology movement is that those on the left whom are commonly in favor of this movement, they are simultaneously supposedly the ones who are cautious of corporatism, the dangers of capitalism. Well, no longer it seems, as we've seen over the past few years when it comes to COVID, when it comes to this new wave of gender ideology, there is no concern whatsoever when it comes to the skewed incentive systems which are present within the case of Big Pharma, whom are raking in tens of billions of dollars from this movement, from these surgeries, and from lifelong medication that they're, that they're, they're imposing upon children. The New York Post had a really good piece on this recently, highlighting the fact that Big Pharma is profiting majorly from gender ideology in these surgeries, especially from young children. And the article labeled gender ideology as a boon to Big Pharma and a threat to parental rights. The Post wrote the following amazing article. To be sure, people experiencing gender dysphoria, they state, deserve compassion and care, but that's very different from enabling minors to be in a vulnerable state of mind and therefore sexually confusing times to impose irreversibly altering surgeries upon their bodies with the supposed latest in medical and pharmaceutical science. And actually they mentioned that that last bit about the latest science isn't quite correct. The drugs, common drugs in which are used within what's called gender affirming surgery and therapy has been used to chemically castrate sex offenders. Furthermore, another widely used medication is Lupron, a controversial hormone blocker. And Lupron was initially developed to lower testosterone levels in men with prostate cancer, effectively chemically castrating them. And it's now used as a puberty blocker in the booming business of transitioning children, they call it. Lupron manufacturer made almost $800 million on the drug alone in 2018. I wonder as to what this figure is now. It's probably in the billions of dollars as a minimum. And according to the Post, this organization has joined other major pharmaceutical companies within lobbying to keep their drug prices high while simultaneously virtue signaling about diversity and inclusion. Transgender people require lifelong medical support, making them ideal customers for the healthcare industry and the well-documented phenomenon of peer contagion, kids pressuring each other into thinking that they're all trans. This ensures an endless supply of customers, it's, it's, it's a great business. If you want, if you have no ethics, if you have no care about ruining the lives of millions of young children, then it's a marvelous business to get into. You pose and impose these absurd ideologies of diversity and inclusion. You virtue signal diversity and inclusion. And just on the back, you perform these irreversible surgeries and put kids upon lifelong medication in which gives you tens of billions of dollars over a lifetime. It's, uh, it's insanity. It seriously is. And as I stated, this is the thing I'm really concerned about and it really strikes me as strange. The transition, no pun intended, of the left in recent times who no longer care about the dangers of corporatism. They no longer care about the skewed incentives of big pharma. And we saw this too during the COVID pandemic in which they no longer were critical, perhaps, of the skewed incentive systems in which are present and the dangers of capitalism when it comes to messed up incentives within the case of surgeries and medication. Instead, they're solely focused upon what seems to be virtue signaling and this notion of inclusivity and love. And they view it within a very two-dimensional state. They have no care in the world and they have no criticisms and they have 
no setbacks or concerns regarding perhaps the student-centered systems in which the conventional left is meant to do. The conventional left is meant to be critical and concerned about the dangers of corporatism, of capitalism, the student-centered systems in which can arise from these practices. No longer, they, 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 they really don't care anymore. And if you dare question Big Pharma, then you're viewed as a radical conspiracy theorist, as they call it. Okay, so let's check out this next clip from Chris. This is captioned as kids aren't being sterilized, in quotes. Ten seconds later, this woman says it's happening, and it's good. I mean, it's sterilizing, but if that is what they want, then why does it matter? Uh, a very concerning, incredibly low-resolution argument from a supposedly intellectual Oxford undergrad. Let's listen. Puberty blockers combined with cross-sex hormones are sterilizing kids. Are you aware of that? I mean, it's sterilizing, but if that's what they want, Oh, so now it's okay it? to sterilize them if that's what they want. I mean, if that's what they feel, okay, they're not gonna have kids, of course, because they want to transition. No, but like, if that's what they, if that's what they makes, they, makes them feel good, why does it matter, matter, matter you? So a minute, so j let me get this straight. A minute ago, it wasn't happening, but now if it is happening, it's good. If it's what the kids is asking to be in order, in order to survive in the society, mm. why does it matter to you? So ten-year-olds can consent to their own sterilization. Ten-year-olds can say, I'm not a boy. Or, can they consent to their own sterilization? They can say what they feel. Do you know can they consent they to their own sterilization? I mean, they can, I don't know if they can, they can consent, but there are children, and they can tell you. They cannot consent if you've imposed them boys, and they're telling you, I'm not a boy. They didn't consent to you. But you think it's okay to give puberty blockers to ten-year-olds and then cross-sex hormones at 13? I mean, if, if that's what they want. If that's what they want. And that is results okay? in sterilization, I, that's okay? I, I, I ask you, on the opposite, is it okay to, to for someone if, to, be someone, to, to be something that they didn't consent to be? Well, what we're doing is we're turning children into something that they're not. Because what they are is beautiful girls and boys, and there's no such thing as a transgender child. And there's no right way to be a girl or a boy. We're sending teenage girls into menopause. Do you think that's okay? Have you ever, ever taken the time to listen to people who are trans, to people who are gender non-conforming, who are telling you that what they've been imposed and that they did not consent to does not work for them? So much so that if they're not, they don't transition, they're going to die. Is that okay for you? Yeah, that's the number one argument I always hear is that kids are going to kill themselves if we don't let them transition. There's no evidence to support that at all. There's a trans person stood right next to you, mm. can tell you that. Wonderful. You want to hear about trans What is it that makes a trans, I wonder? Sure. Trans person who is someone who doesn't associate their gender with the gender that they were What's your gender? What does that mean? Why is that in your business? No, I'm just asking, what does it mean? You're not from Oxford. You're not from this place. No. You don't live here. You have no roots in the community. No, I'm from Canada. Yeah, you're here to, like, smash it up. And I'm here to tell you, we don't welcome you here. Okay. 99% of people do, but that's alright. Yeah. So your gender identity is somehow different than what you were observed to be at birth? How does that work? Alright. Because they're trapped in a body that they did not consent, or in a, they're trapped in a gender identity that they're not they have not consented to, and they're being forced or pressured by society to perform this gender. What is really concerning, in my opinion, is the fact that within today's society, people are cautious. I'm not cautious. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you how, as I see it. I don't care if the woke mob comes after me. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to fail to seek and stand up for the truth because the truth matters.
But what is really con concerning, in my opinion, is the fact that in today's society, if you dare state that young children at the age of two should not undergo irreversible lifelong surgery, then you are the one whom is viewed as controversial. If you state that young children should not go upon lifelong medication and undergo insane, dangerous surgery, irreversible surgery, in which it's, it's literally analogous to butchering, then apparently this view is the controversial one. What an insane world we live in. How have we gotten this far? Literally, if you go back just five years ago, there were literally com com comedy pieces, comedic pieces, upon this notion of arbitrarily defining yourself as someone within the opposing sex and therefore undergoing surgery. It's literally insane how, how, how crazy this culture has become. If I've learned anything over the past few years, it has been, it has been that the madness of crowd is something that spreads so absurdly, crazily, so quickly, and it's so powerful, this force. We as sapiens are naturally social creatures. And when we have a mob, a powerful mob, a mob whom is going to speak and continually cancel you, then the incentives are aligned just to go along with the consensus. There's no point speaking out if you're going to lose your job, if you're going to be kicked out of university. There's no, there's no point. Let's just remind ourselves of the damning statistics and the figures of the Tabby Scott Gender Clinic, which has been responsible for causing irreversible surgery and mutilation of young children in the UK. Now, by the way, it's supposedly being closed down due to unethicality and the absurd practices. And The Spectator wrote a great piece on this. They wrote that it's true not everyone who worked at the centre was happy with what was unfolding. Some mental health professionals were deeply concerned with the medicalization of children. They believed that these children required taking therapies, not irreversible hormonal and surgical interventions, but these staff were in a difficult position. They were under pressure from supposed powerful lobbies to opt for medication, a report from 05 revealed. It is a consistent impression of a number of gender identity dysphoria unit staff that the service was coming under pressure to recommend the prescription of drugs more often and more quickly that the independence of professional judgment was also coming under increasing pressure. Young patients may threaten suicide if their anxieties are not immediately addressed. Parents and others may threaten to complain. And there are powerful lobbies from older patients pressing for the use of medication, which even, even more worryingly is now available without regulation via the internet. Clinicians will differ in their ability to resist the pressure to comply and clinicians fear the consequences if they refuse to comply with what the patients and their parents wanted. Sonia, a former safeguarding lead, told Barnes that those who spoke out against the transition of children were demonized. There you go, the woke mob is back, they're cancelling you like you've never seen before in force, and they're responsible for literally the butchering of young children. And I shall not stand down from this view. I don't care if people view it as controversial. I believe this is the truth. I am going to take alternative opinions into consideration. But so far, there is no valid argument, in my opinion, for undergoing surgery for a two-year-old child whom supposedly is within the wrong sex. It's just absurd. The resulting scandal is now plain to see. Children damaged for life after being placed on medication that should not have been given to them. And some of those who worked at the center compared what unfolded at the clinic to the mid-staff hospital scandal of the 2000s, or the doping of East German athletes in the 60s and 70s, and their right to do so, and it's vital that lessons are learned. If we fail to review what went wrong, those that were instrumental in creating such devastation are going to be allowed to get away with it. And once again, you can see Big Pharma's involvement here. This is no conspiracy theory. 
Big Pharma clearly pressured the people at the clinic, and they have a deep involvement, they have deep incentives when it comes to this notion of gender ideology in the wave. And I think Big Pharma is, is, is a major driving force behind this. So the part three of this video, Oxford education neglected to mention the vast majority of children with gender dysphoria see it desist when they go through puberty. She wanted to discuss conversion therapy, but is clueless to the real con conversion therapy. Kids who will grow up to be gay are being harmed. This is part three. Let's check it out. So what studies have you read about suicides? I mean, I, like, I, I don't You were just telling me a minute ago that you're Oxford educated yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, I didn't say that. I don't know where you're Oh, that's from. the insinuation that you're Oxford educated. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. So therefore, because you're Oxford educated, you're insinuating educated. you must know better than me I, well, about this I'm, issue. Yeah, I know, I know. I definitely know that I know better than you. Right. Because if I didn't know better than you, I wouldn't be, if I didn't, if I were like you, I would Have you read the studies it. with the adult population about suicidality? Are you aware that suicides peak 10 years after transition with adults? And that they're 19.1 times higher than their peers? You're asking me a lot of questions, so let me ask you Film. Have you ever read... Definitely film. No. No, no, we're not doing this without filming. Have you ever read... Have you ever read the witness... The... 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 What people who have been forced into conversion therapy are saying. Have you ever read this literature? I've read everything there is to read about this, basically. So tell me, I've been doing this for three years. Okay. I've had more conversations about this subject oh, this than anyone years? in the world. Oh, okay. Um, um, okay, so tell me, what, does, what do people who've been through conversion therapy are saying about the impact that it has had on them? And don't, like, quote me the, like, anecdote here and... The real conversion therapy going on is transitioning kids. No, that's not what I'm asking. Yeah, historically, you. if you look at the studies into gender dysphoria, no. the vast majority. You're turning around. Well, no, you're trying to turn it around. You're asking a question, so let me address it. All right. You don't get to decide how I answer your question. No, yeah? you're not answering. Well, no, I'm getting to it. There's context that you need to understand here. Oh, okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, have you read the historical studies into gender dysphoria? No, of course not. Yeah, I have. have you? Yeah, I have a background. What in do they say about the desistance rates? The what? How many kids with gender dysphoria historically? When they went through puberty, what was the desistance rate? What was I don't know what desistance. What? 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 You're what Oxford you educated. What do you mean you did? Yeah. You don't know? Yeah. I thought you read them all. I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't pretend that I've read it all like you do, but I've read enough, and I have a background in biology. So what? Are, what are the desistance rates of children with gender dysphoria when they go through puberty? I don't know what that means. Okay. No, go ahead. Oxford needs to maybe do yeah. some. No, I just don't know. What more you're research reading. into this. No, I just so, don't know what you're reading. The amount of children who see their gender dysphoria go away when they go through puberty. If you look at all the historical studies, they all point to the same conclusion, which is that 80 to 90% of the time, kids with severe gender dysphoria from a young age simply grow out of it when they go through puberty. The cure for gender dysphoria is puberty itself. Now we block the cure. And what about people already gone through? What about people? First of all, I'm gonna get it on the internet because I know. What's up, man? Do the same. So I have all these peer-reviewed studies up on my website if you want to check them out. I know. Well, you can look at them. You can read them. They're not my studies. Okay. This happens all the time. People, people say, "Show me the studies," and then I want to show. You want to see them? I'll show them to you right now. Oh, it's okay. I can look from you as well. Okay. Let me just. Thank you. I'm proud of you. You're welcome. Thank you. You know what? As people who say, you know what? Those people who say we are in favor of freedom for all, 
You're being hypocritical to the nth degree. No. That it's yeah. shameful. It's shameful. You know what? You know what? It's shameful. Because we're not doing it. Because he's not doing it. Because he's doing it. All you doing is standing up with your No. Nobody's arresting him. No. It's not a level playing field. You have a cis, like I'm sure, heterosexual white man. Yeah, I'm not cis. I'm just a man. There's no such thing as a cis man or a cis woman. They're just called men and women. These poor kids, they don't get it. They don't understand that there's a cult in our society that's completely captured them, right? How do you feel about this small They're probably well-intentioned, good-natured individuals, but they've been indoctrinated by this cult, and they they just don't get it. Again, you have three years. They need good mama bears like yourselves to get to them because they don't get it. Extreme arrogance and obnoxiousness. I educate you on why this so if adults want to transition, that's a completely different conversation. I'm here to talk about kids. Yeah, if adults want to transition, that's up to them. But doctors have still sworn an oath to first do no harm, and they should never go straight to the most invasive procedure. Most of these. Can I finish answering the question? Thank you very much. If you look at the kids who show up to these gender clinics, and it's the same thing with these young adults. Invariably, there are other mental health comorbidities. There might have been trauma or abuse. And the practice today is to ignore all of that and just transition these kids and young adults straight away. Okay, and you still didn't answer my question about conversion therapy. Yes, yeah, so who, I'll finish kids? answering that question. Okay. Sure. So, as I was saying, historically, the vast majority of these kids saw their gender dysphoria desist when they went through puberty. And a majority, a majority actually grew up to be gay. So what's happening today is kids who would grow up to be gay, who don't conform to these stereotypical standards of their sex, are being led to believe that they're trans, and they're transitioning these kids who are really just gay. So you want to talk about conversion therapy? The transgender ideology is the real conversion therapy. It's harming the gay community. What do you mean by transitioning? Because children cannot get surgery. Is that what you're asking? You're getting puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. That is reversible. Okay. And I'm so I travel around the world. I'm from Canada. Oh, I'm from Canada too. So puberty blockers are not reversible. If you're from Canada, mm -hmm. you must know that we've actually blocked, uh, we've actually banned conversion therapy two years ago. Have you read? What, if you've read everything, please tell me what it says sure. about the impact of conversion therapy, and please do not, you know, turn to depression. Sure. So I actually campaigned you. about. I actually campaigned against this bill for about a year. Oh, so you must have been the precursor to this. Okay. So again, you're cutting me off. Do you want me to answer your question? Yeah, go ahead. Let's really try this back and forth thing. It's called a conversation, yeah? So this bill used to be called Bill C-6. When Trudeau called an election in late 2021, that bill died, of course, as all bills do. It came back as Bill C-4. And it says it's now conversion therapy to help a child feel comfortable with their sex. If a child identifies as transgender, you want to help them feel... It's not remarkable. The supposed most prestigious universities, Oxford, Cambridge, the students are taught 
this insane ideology. It's just, seriously, these people are going to be running our institutions in 10 years' time. Undoubtedly. These are going to be the people who are responsible for these institutions, for the most important institutions, in consideration of their status and the supposed prestige of the University of Oxford. And they, they, they clearly have an inability to use any critical thinking. And even worse, they're in support of fascist-type practices of cancelling people who have alternative views. It's just not good, not ever going to support this. And this is the thing. These young people are probably good in nature. They're probably not bad people, as per se. They're just part of this cult. And this is really what you see within current day. Cult tells them this cult of what I would supposedly called liberalism. It's very hard to put it in a word now in consideration of the changing kind of goalposts of what it means to be liberal, so on and so forth. But this strange cult of gender ideology anyway, or these characteristics in which commonly associated with people who lean to this political idol, it tells them, this cult tells them that the world is going to end in 10 years due to climate change. If you do not agree to the supposed sterilization of young children, you are evil, white supremacy is all around, and society is solely apparently built upon the basis of white domination over blacks, which is entirely untrue. All of those claims are just entirely absurd. And what has recently concerned me most is the cancel culture, the mob which comes down, attacks you at any time if you disagree with the consensus. This is what one sees within the Soviet Union, within communistic China, or other autocratic and dictatorship states. This is literally fascism, the use of violence to remove any alternative opinion. Free speech is at the bedrock of a flourishing society, and the inability to speak, the cancelling, this leads to a totalitarian madness. Comfortable as their actual sex, that's now deemed to be conversion therapy. Somehow, in this mad society of ours, it's considered more loving to turn a child into a lifelong pharmaceutical patient than it is to help them feel comfortable with their sex. This is conversion therapy against the gay community. It's the exact opposite of what this bill claims to be. The bill enforces conversion therapy. So I'm sorry to know you, but actually I have worked on those C4 and C6, so I know them very well. I can bring well. it up on my phone in three seconds flat oh, here okay. if you want. But clearly you don't. You, you, you here, I'll read it to you right now. I know, I know the bill. This is not what the bill says. I'll read it to you right now. Okay. And clearly you've not. I worked, as I said, I worked on both bills, on the development of both bills. Mm, amazing. And I've worked and I've heard from the, 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 the witnesses who've gone through terms of conversation. I, I, I listened to every single person who testified. Prisoner. That's how you called it? Hmm? No, we're Person. They had testimonies for Bill C6, not yeah. for C4. Yeah. With C4, they just fast tracked it through. Well, yeah, because it was C6. So. But tell me then, if you've listened to every single person who testified. Yeah, I watched, the, I watched all the testimonies. Okay, so what did they say? Well, the conservatives weren't very smart with that because they made it about homosexuality, which they shouldn't have done. They should have just focused on the gender identity component. Again, you're cutting me off. Yeah? The only people they had talked about the gender identity component were Lisa Bildy, a lawyer at the time with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. And they had this sexolo sexologist named James Cantor also testify against it. He's a gay man, by the way. So you didn't, so didn't have anyone who's gone through conversion therapy talk about the impact? They had people who claimed to have gone through gay conversion therapy, nothing to do with transgender. Really? That's right. Really? So now you didn't, you're telling me you know everything about it, you've read everything about it, but clearly you haven't. But so here's what the bill says. Yeah, go ahead. Definition of conversion therapy means a practice treatment or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual. Pretty much everyone agrees we shouldn't try to do that. 
Change a person's gender identity to cisgender, made up term. Change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Who cares how someone expresses themselves? No one cares. It goes on to say, for greater certainty, this definition does not include a practice treatment or service that relates to the exploration or development of an integrated personal identity, such as a practice treatment or service that relates to a person's gender transition and is not based on an assumption that a particularly sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression is to be preferred over another. Sorry, I just want to... But obviously, there are gender identities that are preferred. I just want to read what your back says. It says, Dad, a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. Now, obviously, helping a child feel comfortable with their sex is much preferred over having them think that they're transgender and turning them into a lifelong medical patient. Like, who cares how people express themselves? But then you have a, 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 or defined as, as but behind, you have a very clear definition of what you think this is. That's right. And how does that give space for people to express themselves the way they are? You want me to answer? Yeah. Sure. So there's no right way to be a girl or a boy. If a girl wants to climb trees, play in the dirt, hates wearing dresses, wants short hair, she's a beautiful girl. She's not a trans boy. This whole ideology that you're pushing is, teaches that stereotypes determine what your gender identity is. So just because you don't conform, just because a child doesn't conform to society's standards, somehow this means they're trans. It's the most regressive, sexist ideology possible. So absolutely, a, a, a dad in this day and age is a human male who protects his kids from your gender ideology. Part five, Billboard Chris notes that this young white woman, Piz Morgan commonly has on his shows, claims that transgender identity and says that my sign, which says children cannot consent to puberty blockers, is an attack on our inability or on our ability, sorry, to live uh, our lives within peace. That's what she said. University is meant to be a place in which they harness critical thinking and debate, yet she does not want to debate. This is the big concern I have. Let's check out part five. Yeah, a, a dad in this day and age is a human male who protects his kids from your gender ideology. Of course you are. No, all I'm doing is listening to what people are telling me is right for them. I'm a cis woman. I'm okay with being a cis woman. But I have the respect and empathy for humanity that if someone is telling me this is not how they identify or this is, you know, like this is how they are, to simply just respect that. Because it literally does not change anything for me. Hey, good man. Just like Canada. I had a nice day in London yesterday, but you know, these young people, they're showing their colors yet again. They just can't handle speech, right? They just can't handle speech that doesn't conform to their ideology. So they try to cancel people having calm conversations. And, and we support them in every way we can. We don't welcome transphobes in Oxford. You are not welcome here. Yeah, are I you gather a student that. in Oxford? We don't welcome transphobes. Are you a student? Oxford. I'm not going to disclose my identity because no, 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 I, don't I don't know you really want to be harassed online. No, no, I don't want to know your identity. Are you a student? Yes, I don't want to so talk you're to you about Oxford. who I am. So, now, universities are meant to be places where they this harness critical place. thinking and debate. Yet you don't want debate. Because we don't see this as a debate. We see this as an attack on our ability to live our lives in peace. Oh my God. <laughs> so this is just an insanity beyond belief. There you have it. 
the supposed most reputable university in the world, or specifically in the UK, Oxford University, is home to children, and I believe seemingly is in support of council culture, or at least, uh, I just don't know, there's just, maybe it's not Oxford's fault, this, these students who are going to Oxford are in support of council culture, of literally cancelling people who have alternative views. There is literally an echo chamber going on, and these poor children have been subject to this incredible mob, this incredible cult, who have just some incredibly low resolution, yet seemingly powerful argument. And this is the thing. If you dare speak up, if you dare question and support the removal of transitioning a young child at the age of 5, 10, 15, 17, then you're viewed as a transphobe. You're cancelled. This is a disgrace. This is one of the biggest medical scandals for the modern history. And we're going to realise very, very soon that this is utterly unethical beyond belief. I cannot believe that people are in support of this. And the reason as to why many are in support of it, I believe, is because of the mob. If they question things, if they speak out, they're going to be cancelled like they've never seen before. And that is the true danger. We are eerily close towards a fascist state. We are eerily close towards a totalitarian ministry of truth. And this is a slippery slope. And we need to speak up. You need to speak the truth. It has never been more important in consideration of this slippery slope in which we're ever itching closer towards.